Whether you call it Genova or Genoa, we hope you'll make time for this beautiful and fascinating Italian seaport city. Why did we choose to visit Genova when it wasn't on our original itinerary? Five words, largest historic center in Europe. We've got so much to share with you, including at the end, the price we paid. Welcome back to Finding Gina Marie, where we share our lives as full-time travelers and the connections we make along the way. If you're new here, welcome. I'm Judy. And I'm Kevin. A few of our subscribers had watched a couple of our older videos where we talked about moving someplace in Italy. That was way before we decided to become full-time travelers. But in the meantime, they had suggested that we visit a couple of places, and Genova was one, and another is Torino, which we'll be covering in our episode next week. So subscribe if you haven't already. It sounded like an interesting idea, and since we were already on the coastline, it was an easy ride on train from Cagnes-sur-Mer to Genova. We could only stay a week, but what is so special about Genova that it was worth us changing our plans? For one thing, architecture. There is Renaissance and Gothic and Neoclassic and uh, medieval, and those things are always really appealing to us. It's a major port city on the Gulf of Genoa, or Golfo di Genova, and it's the second busiest port and the sixth largest city in Italy. It's known for its central role in maritime trade over many centuries, which made the city very wealthy. You can see huge piazzas and stunning buildings everywhere as symbols of the wealth that was here. And for some reason, it's not a super touristy city due to its location, which means it's great to explore without crowds. But even after knowing all that, there's so much that makes a city worth visiting. Let's dig in with our first impressions. Before we get into first impressions, I would like to know if you've been here yourselves, and if so, what you thought about it. Let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Traveling to Genoa was effortless by train. There was two sections that we rode on. One was the French version from Cagnes-sur-Mer to Ventimiglia. We left Cagnes-sur-Mer. We are on our way to Ventimiglia, which is actually in Italy. And then once we get there, we go on our last leg of trip to Genoa. Yes, au revoir, France. You have been beautiful. We've enjoyed a month here. And we're a little intimidated about only getting to spend a week in Genoa and then a week in Turin. But bring it on. We love Italy. <laughs> the train was comfortable and easy. And, and then we got off the train. And the train station itself just blew me away because the architecture of the train building alone set the tone for the beauty that we could expect here. We arrived in mid-June and it was hot, so make sure where you stay has air conditioning. In addition to a great train system, there are buses that also help you move around. One thing to know in a lot of Italy, certainly in Genoa, places with homes inside have black numbers. And a lot of times in Genoa, we saw an R dash and then the number on the black one to make sure it was residential. And shops have red numbers. So you may see the number 26 twice, but you want black if you're staying in an Airbnb. Similar to Bologna, the city center has loads of shopping and they're all covered by porticos, which are great for preventing the sun from beating down on you. I appreciate that a lot. And all these porticos had beautiful flooring underneath them. Some tile work, very decorative, and just elevated the whole walk around the city. As we do in many cities, we like to book a tour to make sure we get a view of the major points that we need to look at. 
and this time we booked a tour with Airbnb Experience. Our guide Antonio did a great job and we'll put a link in the description below if you want to take the same tour. Antonio cleared up one of the points that was confusing to us. We arrived and we were looking for gelato. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> and the place that we went to, of course, there's gelato everywhere, but I wanted to go to a specific gelateria. Unfortunately, it that area looked pretty closed down. It just didn't look very inhabited. Or very inviting. <laughs> Antonio explained that this area is called Vicoli, and that's because it's a series of alleys that really don't come alive until the evening. So around six o'clock, is when all of the places there, restaurants and such, open up and the other parts of the city kind of die down. Another thing we learned on this tour that the Genoese are very intelligent and strategic. So this area of town that was kind of narrow streets and narrow alleys and twisty and hard to find was done on purpose. Many cities in the world are built like a grid and big wide roads so you can have a robust uh, walk through the city, but since this was such a major port town, they were worried about being taken over. They were worried about invasions. So the more they could confuse anybody trying to attack the city by getting them lost in the city was important to them. And they did a good job because we got lost before we had our tours. We were very confused why it was so hard to get around the city. And nestled inside these narrow alleyways, rather than huge piazzas that you would normally expect to find, here there are small city squares. No common people. So the square became a symbol of richness and power. Mm. Kind of a status symbol. Whenever you find a square here, in the old town of Genoa, it usually means that in front was noble palace of any noble family. There also are high walls that form a fortress around the city that were built around 1300. At the heart of medieval Genoa is Chiesa di San Donato. It's considered Genoa's most important originally Romanesque church. The two medieval towers of Porta Soprana have existed for over 800 years. They mostly were there to intimidate enemies that might arrive. And there's even a plaque from 1155 that requests that visitors come in peace, not war. Here's beautiful St. Andrew Cloister ruins from the year 1000 AD. It was dismantled and relocated in the early 1900s. It's the only part of the monastery and church that was salvaged from urban restructuring. Cathedrale di San Lorenzo was built in 1118. It's filled with beautiful frescoes and is covered in the horizontal white and black marble stripes, characteristic of a nobility in the Middle Ages. One of the most beautiful piazzas that we've ever seen in all of Italy is the Piazza di Ferrari. No connection to the luxury car brand. It's the perfect place to take a breather and just admire the beautiful buildings that surround it. And the fountains are refreshing and give you that little spray that you need on a hot day. This is popularly known as the city of Genoa, thanks to the elaborate banks and businesses that are in this exquisite square. This has also been the site of most of the protests in Genoa. And we've used it as a touch point. When we're walking around the city, we know if we've come near the fountain that we know how to get back to our Airbnb. There's another beautiful but smaller piazza right next to Piazza Ferrari called Piazza Matteotti, which is where you'll see the Doges' palace built at the end of the 13th century. If you look carefully, 
you'll see a ton of buildings with a technique trompe l'oeil, which we talked about in a previous episode about the French Riviera, and we've got a link for it below. It's a style where you trick the eye and give the illusion that there's more than meets the eye. In this picture, it looks like there's a bunch of windows on this building, but the property owners wanted to save on the window tax, so they painted some as faux windows. So let's talk about the harbor area, which is called Porto Antico, and it is a vibrant working seaport. When you go down to the harbor, you're not gonna see a lot of beaches or people down near the water, but it is a connection to the Italian Riviera, which means there are 35 kilometers of beaches. It takes about 20 minutes from where our Airbnb was in the middle of the city to walk down to this harbor area. It's surrounded by cafes and street vendors and with the freshest fish you're ever going to taste, often fried. And one of the most elaborate ships you'll see in the port is called the Neptune, which is a replica of the 17th century Spanish ship used for a 1985 film called Pirates. It's not actually old or special otherwise, and it doesn't really set sail ever. But there is a huge glass and steel sphere called the Biosphere that is a botanical garden housing 150 species of plants. And the famous Aquarium of Genoa is home to a vast array of marine life. And it's the largest in all of Europe. Fun fact, while denim may feel as American as apple pie, the fabric used for cell making in Genoa was cheap, strong cotton dyed blue from the indigo trade Genoa did with India. The cloth was eventually manufactured in France and became known by the French name Blue de Gens, Gens as in Genoa, also known as Blue Jeans. If you want to explore the hillside neighborhoods of Genoa, you can check out the funicular lines. There's 12 of them in this city. There's also a steeply climbing rack railway and 10 public elevators. We didn't know about this infrastructure while we were there, so we linked a list of funiculars and their stations in the description below. Your legs can thank us later. So what did we do in Genoa? Well, after many prompts from advertisements around the area, we decided to go to the Doge's Palace and see a special exhibit, Five Minutes with Van Gogh. It was magnificent. While you wait for your turn, there's an area to prepare you with Van Gogh's timeline of his life. And when it's your turn, you get to spend five minutes alone in inspired contemplation with his 1989 canvas, Landscape with Sheaves and the Rising Moon. Obviously, you can bring your entire party, but no one else is in the room while you appreciate this incredible piece of art. The exhibit allows you to pick your choice of classical music or an audio background information about Van Gogh. Or you can just sit in silent contemplation. The space itself is beautiful without even having Van Gogh's artwork there. Not too far past the Piazza di Ferrari is Via Garibaldi, which is lined with palaces. It's one of the Strade Nuove, Italian for new streets, and it was built by the Genoese aristocracy during the Renaissance. We stopped into Palazzo Bianco, which is the main art gallery of the region. Here you'll find rich frescoes and famous artwork by Caravaggio, Rubens, and Van Dyck. Including Caravaggio's early 1600 masterpiece, Behold the Man, and so many others. And probably our favorite exhibit, the Paganini Rooms. The rooms contain memorabilia and the violin built in 1742 called Il Canone. named canon because of the richness of its sound. 
At the suggestion of one of our viewers, we took a day trip to explore the old fishing village of Nerebi. So we're just by the train station in Nerebi and just a 12 minute ride from where we were in Genoa. What do you think? I think it's amazing. I think that the, you have the mountains and you have this gorgeous water. And you can rent e-bikes if you want to explore deeper into the city. Okay, I don't know if I've seen this before. Benches that can be either way. You want to face the water? There you go. No problem. <laughs> we end up heading straight to the Passeggiata Anita Carabaldi, which is a winding path along the ocean cliffs where you can enjoy jaw-dropping views of the water. So all along the beach of the Spiaggia, there is a little op outcroppings of restaurants and, and you can usually get down to the beach somewhere and then like the little stairs you see on that one, which don't look like they go down easy. I mean, you hit the rocks and then you're on your own and Billy go the rest of it, right? Exactly. But it is at least nice that there's someplace convenient that you can go for refreshments. If you brought a bathing suit, towel, and water shoes, make your way down to one of the many sunbathing areas. Whether it's a real beach or not, people just find any way to get down to the water and find places to lay out, enjoy the waves, even if it's just like a little boat launch here, which doesn't look as much fun as some other places. But they're making it work and it is a lovely day. So I guess you find a spot wherever you can. <laughs> Seems like it. The buildings that are built into the hills are colorful and the area is very lush. And Nervi Park is lined with benches, plenty of shade and space for kicking a ball or enjoying a picnic lunch. There are a ton of restaurants with gelato, granita, pastries, focaccia, aperitivi, and panini all tempting you especially because everything is pretty reasonably priced. Pop into the 15th century church of Santa Maria Assunta for a moment of tranquility. Let's talk about some of the great food and drinks we had. As part of our tour with Antonio in Genoa, he took us to a place called Focaccia and Dintorni. And there we had fresh focaccia bread and farinata. So this is farinita and it's farina, uh, but chickpea flour. We had some yesterday when we were having our aperitivo, aperitivi. This moist. is lighter and moister. Yes, and it's one of the popular Genovese foods. So a little greasy, <laughs> a tiny bit crumbly but really delicious. <laughs> you can see we had two pieces, now we're down to this little this bit. Is, so. well, this is what's left. We were okay. eating it while we were on our tour. Gotcha. Um, we had some of this last night, and uh, it wasn't this light and it wasn't this buttery. We're delicious. Last night I thought it was just greasy. This is delicious, uh, buttery, uh, dangerously good. 
Focaccia is commonly eaten as a breakfast food and is acceptable to dip into your morning cappuccino. Although I'm a fan of leaving the cappuccino undipped because I just love to have cappuccino. <laughs> Straight. Straight. Mainline that stuff. Pesto is one of the most popular sauces here for pasta. The most memorable one to us was at a restaurant Stanley Tucci included in his Searching for Italy series. Ah, il Genovese. Well known for its pesto. Very well known for its pesto. It is like a flavor explosion. Yeah. In addition to having the pesto on bread, which was amazing, I also had it mixed in with my trophy. Mm. Bursting with flavor. Which is one of the most common pastas you'll find here. It's twisted by hand. And as Judy will remind me, you cannot visit Italy without sampling gelato. And our mornings aren't complete without cappuccinos and pano chocolat or pano raison. We always get table service so we can enjoy them more leisurely. A lot of Italians like to just walk up to the bar and have their drink and their pastry, but this is our time to talk, to hang out, to think about what we're doing on our trip or talk over things we might do in the future. So we pay a little bit more just to get table service, but it's very worth it to us. Stop by Zodiac Bar for an aperitivo or digestif especially Asanello. You'll know it by its green bottle and donkey on the front. It's classified as vermouth, and it's made from a fortified white wine infused with a variety of spices. And it's been around since 1886. In Italian, it's Il Vero Corocinato, and it's only available in Genoa. We also sampled Amaro Camati, which is distilled in the Cinque Terre. It's similar to the digestive Fernet, but much milder and tastier. I highly recommend stopping at a shop and getting granita while you're here, especially if you're visiting in the summer. I have been wanting a granita since we were in Napoli when we first started uh, full-time travel. But it was way too cold. Well, here we are and it's mid-June. Perfect timing and this is so delicious. It tastes like a snow cone, slushy. It's like exceeded my expectations. Genoa works for you with the slushies. And don't forget to stop at the Mercato Orientale. It's named because it's near the eastern gate of the city. It's huge and you can find any sort of vegetable, protein, seafood, pasta, and more. And upstairs, there's an entire food court if you'd rather have someone cook for you. We found some of the most unique pasta called Proxetti Bianchi, which look like communion wafers, and Specitala Regnate, which have curved ends, flat portions, and wavy edges, which helps sauce sticks to them. So what did we pay? Our one-way train ride from Cognitus Sumer was 54 euros, total for both of us. Our private tour with Antonio was 28 US dollars a piece, 52.68 for us both, and that was a steal for all of the great information he gave us. On our walking tour, we paid for the Amari liquor, and it was only 7 euro 50 for the three of us. One order of each focaccia and farnate was only 3 euro 80. Cappuccino and pastries cost 8 euro 40 for us both. The exhibit at Doge's Palace for five minutes with Van Gogh 
was five euro a piece. And that was money well spent if you adore Van Gogh as much as I do. A refreshing glass of Granita slushy was four euro. Our meal at Il Genovese was 66 euro 50, and that included fried zucchini flowers and meatballs to share, mains, cheesecake for dessert, and two glasses of wine. Our tour of the Musée di Strada Nuova was 18 euro for both of us. We could have visited all three of the museums for that price, but we only had time for two. The round trip train ride to Nervi for both of us was a total of six euro. Our aperitivi in Nervi was eight euro, and that included two glasses of wine, a dish of olives, potato chips, peanuts, and assorted mixed crackers. Quite the haul. Okay, so what did we think of Genoa? We loved it. I think we would absolutely return when we have more time. We only had a week here. Yeah, it was beautiful. There was so much to see, and we really didn't dig into the parts of the city that we would have loved to have gotten to. Maybe the hills? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the hill. Now that we know there's a way to get up there without walking. Is it on your bucket list? We'd love to know about that. Let us know in the comments. If you've enjoyed this episode, we really hope you'll subscribe to our channel. Next week, we are visiting Turin, and we'd love to bring that to you. And check out findgenery.com. There's a lot of great articles, information Judy adds to our videos. Until next time. Until next time.